0: to the one player podcast
1: i'm your host deli besser and this is episode 223 so deli what did you think of the game twinkle i do not like twinkle because it's hard to to explain the rules and
0: know the rules
1: Did you have fun rolling the dice? Yes. Did you have fun making all the constellation shapes? Yes. But the rules were hard for you to understand. Yep. All right, Kledavar, what did you think of Twinkle? I thought it was a very good game, but I think that every round you have to explain every constellation again and again. I like that. I just think it's a small detour. I had a bunch of fun making the shapes rolling the dice, and before while I was setting up, me and Deli made shapes with all the sticks and our cubes, and it was really fun doing that and, yeah Thank you very much, guys Bye-bye! You're welcome Bye! You're welcome Alright, Albert I think it's time for our regularly scheduled show Thank you very much to my guest hosts over there, Khayadavar and Delhi Besser
0: that's right. Thank you very much. It was fun to be hijacked, and I, I quite enjoyed that. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so in case you didn't catch on, today we are going to be talking about Twinkle, and as part of preparing for my review process of this, especially in the current pandemic system here, um, many of my plays of this, in fact, all of my multiplayer plays of this, have been with those two, so they've had the opportunity to play quite a nice. number of games of this with me.
0: Okay, and it sounds like it was, it was somewhat of a hit.
1: Uh, they, I think they've enjoyed it. I do think that it's a complex-ish game for them, but I think that they're having fun with it. Mm, okay. So let's go ahead and go through it using our regular format and style. Shall we, Albert?
0: Okay, let's do that. So tell me the summary about the game.
1: So the summary of the game is that in Twinkle, it's very much an abstract game where you're going to be placing a whole bunch of dice and putting them out to essentially make constellations – They'll be putting those dice out in various shapes and alignments in order to score the maximum amount of points over the course of the game. The person with the most amount of points
0: wins. Okay, very cool. So immediately my thought is, oh, Yahtzee.
1: Not really, because you have a very limited amount of dice. Let me actually just get into more detail on the gameplay and be more clear on it. The way it works is that there's uh, six different colors of dice, and depending on the player count, you may remove a certain number of colors. But there's six different colors of dice, and each color of dice has its own scoring card on how it scores so you're going to go through each of the different scoring cards and make sure you understand each of those you'll when you set up the game, the eight sided dice are all going to be rolled for starts and put onto the center of the board where everyone can grab one. Then the remainder of the dice are all just left over in a pile on your turn, you can either grab one of the pre rolled eight sided dice. Or you can grab three of any other dice in any combination between colors and sizes, because there's D4s, D6s, D8s, D10s, and D12s. So you'll pick three of them and roll them, and then pick one of the three that you rolled to then add to your constellation. So either you can go with a known value, but a very specific known value, or you can try and roll your dice and go a bit further. So hopefully that makes it a bit more clear that it's not just a Yahtzee mechanic. You're actually, to a certain degree, strategically selecting them, and you're only picking one each time. You don't Mm -hmm. re-roll the ones you have. So one time you may pick all red dice, but the next time you may pick all blue dice.
0: Okay. Got it. Okay, that's interesting.
1: That goes a bit more into the detail on the gameplay mechanics. But as I mentioned, each of the different colors of dice have a different scoring mechanic and so you'll have to understand each of those in fact there's also a whole set of bonus mission cards which if you want to play a more complicated game there's additional missions which are additional point scoring opportunities if you can fulfill a sort of mission like use all six dice or go up and things like that so there's all sorts of ways of moving these dice around now in my opinion all of these are extremely abstract, and as you may have heard my children mention, each of these different types of scoring methods have no relationship to the color. So, like one of them, you want to have you want to have blues with friends. You want to have a blue be in line with other blues, but reds only care about even or odd. And unless you go and look at the different scoring methods, you'll never know which one of them is. So, we definitely constantly, even after having played six or so games of it, we're still looking at the rules cards Mm -hmm. to to which of which. It's just purely an abstract game. Okay. So, I think that we've basically gone through the gameplay, although Mm -hmm. I haven't really talked my thoughts about it. Mm -hmm. Um, But let's take a step back and let me talk about the other aspects. So, I think the first thing we normally talk about is rules. Mm -hmm. How will the rules explain all the different things? And I think that the rules are relatively simple. I think that they explain the basic ideas quite well. When you're making the dice, you have, as mentioned, all the sorts of different dice. You always have to, as you go further and further out from like your starting star, the numbers showing on the dice have to be smaller. So if you roll a three, the next one out has to be either a two or a one. Mm -hmm. so it explains that rule and it explains the different options you have for what you can do it explains how you can branch into two so one die can have two dice connected to it so it explains all the rules relatively nicely and I don't think I had any confusion in the rules I think I just had to reference the rules a lot primarily because it's an abstract but -hmm. I didn't really have any issues with the rules okay In, in terms of how well the thematics of the game were it's entirely abstract. It's it's not at all thematic. <laughs> the idea is, uh, what they're trying to say is that you're making constellation in the sky. I don't see other constellations. They don't look constellation-y to me at all. The idea of the different stars being different colored dice and things like that, like it it doesn't even give me that sense in the slightest. It, it's purely abstract, in my opinion.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Even yeah. the art on it is is fantastical where this, when they have a center board where everyone has to start building out from for no real reason other than they could, but you have a central board and the central board has dice on it. And it has big, it has a spaceman like surfing on a wooden block because <laughs> it uses wooden blocks. Like it's abstract and it's fantastical. And so they were trying to go for sky uh, making a sky like, don't be weird on your board. <laughs> like <laughs> yeah, so they don't do themselves any favorite
0: themes. It's it's obviously a family focused kind of game for, Very much for younger so. people, yeah.
1: Well, I mean it's it is rated for ages eight and up. Okay. Um, and I think that's relatively accurate. My son did have difficulties keeping track of the strategic decisions because when you're playing with five or six different dice colors, like Each of them have their own way of scoring. Like, I don't know which one to do. And you have to decide before you roll. It's like, maybe before I roll, it's worth a risk. But after I roll, I don't know which one to do before. And there's a fair amount of thinking and logic that has to go into selecting which die is the most appropriate one. So I think that eight is probably the right age level for it. Okay. And that was just in reference to your comment about age level. Yeah, yeah. Um, the next thing we talk about is the components. Okay. So speaking of the components, the dice are nice, very vibrant, colorly dice. It's Mm -hmm. very difficult to confuse them between each of them. And I don't know from a colorblind perspective, if it would be good or bad because it uses red, green and the blue and purple might be similar. There's no, there's no elements other than color that would distinguish it. So colorblind may be an issue if you have that. um, but with regard to any of the other issues, so with regard to any other issues about it, there's no other way of distinguishing it other than color, but the colors are all vibrant. So to me, I can tell the difference between them very easily. I can see the number of pips on them very easily. So that's not really mm-hmm. an issue. It has plain white wooden sticks that you use to connect your dice together for right. the score purposes. But- surfboards. Yeah, the surfboards, exactly. <laughs> so. I don't know. It just combines them together, and it is what it is. Yeah. Shrug. <laughs> and then it has the central board. Now, the, with regard to that central board, let me comment on it. The idea of the central board is that everyone is building a constellation out from a central board, and there's four different co- player character colors. There's orange, blue, pink, and gray. Which kudos to them for not using any of the any of the dice colors as the player color colors. Well done. Mm-hmm. but you're supposed to pick your star and come from that star. And then you flip over the board and you use a cube in your color to help score points at the end because the back side is a score track. So I like that they had a score track. I just don't understand why I necessarily needed to have to build from the center of the board. Why can't I have built, like, give me two little star tokens, and then we start from yeah. my space in the middle. Like, why did I need a whole big board that I have to reach across to the center to build from? Is it to keep everyone honest in the middle? Is it just because they anyway wanted to have a score board instead of a score sheet? Like, I think a score sheet is the better way of scoring this to have red, yellow, blue, green, black, purple, and have for each of those, and then for maybe the golds and silvers and bronze. Like, I think that's the easier way of scoring. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. Whatever. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, so, but it works. what it is. It yeah. works. It's just not my optimal, and especially because then my kids can play that this one wants to be pink and this one wants to be blue, but they don't want to sit across from each other.
0: Oh <laughs> so just ignore
1: just ignore the stars, guys. You can be whatever you want. Yep. You are each your own special little star. <laughs> you're <laughs> you're good. So yeah, it's it's just a silly board, and I'm just I, I, I did not think it was the best way of doing it, but it is a way of doing it.
0: Gotcha. Okay. And this is a small box game, I take it. Does it it is like a small big. box game.
1: Okay. Yes. So the only place I'm able to find right now that you can get is actually from the publisher's website. Where um, the MSRP is €30, Euros, um, which is about $35, but it's probably available elsewhere. But yeah, it's a small box. Okay, It does not have a whole lot of components. <laughs> Alrighty, so can, what was the next thing we're up to?
0: We talked about the rules, the theme, and the components. Did we talk about the theme enough?
1: I think we talked yeah. about the theme enough.
0: Okay. Game
1: so gameplay, let's though. talk about my thoughts on the gameplay. So in terms of my thoughts on the gameplay, like I said, I've gone over the details of it, but here's my thoughts on it. It's... It it has good strategic decisions and a good risk-reward there. You can either take the certain and known values but limited in a range of what they are. You're stuck at one specific type of die, which is especially important since many of the different scoring options sort of want you to either diversify or diversify or focus on a single type of die. So there's just ups, ups and downs to making that kind of decision. Or you can roll three of them and then try and roll with the one that you want so i think that there's a lot of good decision making aspects and good points to be able to go from so i think that the decision is very good perhaps it's a little bit harder when you're playing with someone who can't really think that much like i don't know which one i should get there's a lot of options and when you have to pick three different strategies when you're picking and rolling three you have to pick three strategies because any one of those three dice may be the one that you want to roll so you have to pick three strategies and base yourself off of that one and go from that point in time onwards. So right. it's it, it takes a second, but I think that that's a good thing for it. That helps me that there's a thinkiness that you're going. It's not just pure There's actual thought and skill that goes into the selection of dice. Let me, though, give a review of the, how the solo gameplay works. Okay. So if... If you are a solo gameplay person who wants to use all the components and you're playing it immediately, put this game down Um, in order to play (laughs) the solo mode. So I've talked about how, when you have lower player accounts, you remove some of the dice. Well, the way the solo mode works is it's a campaign game where there's 40 levels of campaign in order to win the whole campaign. Um, And, Obviously, you're not going to do that all in one session. That's similar to some other games that Albert's talked about in the past, where you go through the campaign game by game in order to be able to build up to what it is that you need. So, here too, also, every game is going to have four different dice that you're using for that game. The two other ones are out of the game. And then it's going to have between one and three bonus goals that you have to do. And those are using the silver and bronze mission cards. Now, what's kind of confusing about those silver and bronze mission cards is that the silver and bronze mission cards work very well in terms of iconography for a multiplayer game. Like, one will say you get four points if you have a run of four. But in Hmm. order to do that for a solo, it's, it's not at all that way. You have to look at the card and then reference the table Mm -hmm. and be like well here's the translation for how it works in solo it has to be that you have to have a run of four in order to be able to win it's not with it's four points you just can't do it unless you win like you have to reference it it's not the economic breaks down to a certain degree because they they took an idea and had to sort of twist it and it's not the best and so again you have to go reference it a bunch
0: yeah that occasionally happens with games that are solitaire friendly that the iconography breaks and you have to reference and it's always kind of frustrating. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: It'll work. And if it's a really good game, it's fine. You can deal with it and eventually learn it. But usually at at least at the beginning, it's always frustrating.
1: Yeah. And I think also with this one, it doesn't play like the main version because the main version, there's a push and pull that someone else may take the dice you Mm -hmm. want. If you're going for wanting to have all of the, the six sided dice, Someone else may grab them because they may want them because they want all the green dice and you want all the six-sided dice. So, someone else may grab it. So, you have to weigh. Do I want to really push it? Is it worth maybe not having the best role in this to just get it before someone else does? Like, there's a push and pull, there's strategic decisions in that process. When you're playing with this one, what you get is what you get. Nothing's ever being removed. There's no randomization of something else that removes the dies, the, the dice, or something like that. Mm-hmm. you always. You always have the choice you can decide which ones are being discarded yourself. that's part of the rules, but it's it's entirely you, right so I don't know.
0: It kind of becomes a puzzle more than a game at
1: that point <sighs> to a de- to mean? a degree. I'm not even sure it's a puzzle because <laughs> it's puzzles, so puzzles with dice are not <laughs> are not puzzles. It's still the game, yeah, but yeah it's tough it's tough because it didn't feel it didn't feel like the main game already when working that abstract it's hard but it did not feel like the main game in addition and the rules even call this out the campaign is not easy i will Mm. admit because i want to do it i skipped from level to level because i want to get a sense of how the campaign plays it's very not easy you you have to try and get you you have to learn you have to like puzzle it out you have to understand what the max you can do and the best possible options you have to sit and do a whole bunch of math to be able to solve it if you want to be able to succeed and like
0: okay really so you have to math it out and then you still have to roll well (sighs) yeah it's
1: it's very much not my thing it's just
0: not puzzling out math sounds fun to me i like that idea (laughs)
1: <laughs> high abstract does not feel like the main game does not have any push and pull other than what you yourself put into it the iconography breaks down and is not intuitive and it, it, it just i can't i can't i can't recommend it for solo play i think i i do recommend it for multiplayer play which is, mm-hmm. I think, how it was designed, because right. all of the design work and all of the iconography is for multiplayer. But for solo... <sighs> it,
0: yeah. So is, this is a game that was designed for multiplayer, and like is popular nowadays. They added a solitaire variant, and this one just doesn't work as well as others do. I don't yeah. know what it sounds like, was this a Kickstarter game?
1: Uh no, this was a game that i uh was asked to actually review it um i oh, okay. do not think it was a kickstarter game. I think they just self published it um Neat. and it it won it, i mean it won various awards. I think it did have a Kickstarter at one point in time maybe um I mean, I think that in terms of the multiplayer is good. There's mm-hmm. a tabletop simulator version. There's a tabletopia version out. So you can certainly try it yourself and see if you would like it. But for me, I just, you know, the the kids find it hard to remember and what the different types of dice are. So I don't think I'm going to be playing it with them that much. And I'm not going to play it solo.
0: Mm-hmm. And it doesn't fit your normal game group, I imagine. <laughs> uh, <laughs> in this I'm is Arkham world. Yet. <laughs> Well, oh, In then. this
1: pandemic world, this is my normal pretty, game group yeah, at okay. the moment. Okay.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but but besides pandemic, pretend I wasn't there. It's probably a- not, yeah. Okay. The The rules say it's a 15-minute game. Is that also true for solo? Is um, that true for multiplayer? <laughs> I
1: think I took longer than that. It's definitely not true for multiplayer. Um, okay. But for solo, probably not because I took time remembering how to do math. So I definitely think it took longer than that. Gotcha.
0: Okay. So it's an interesting little game. It sounds kind of neat to me. It doesn't sound like something I necessarily pick up new, but I wouldn't mind trying if I found it used sort of thing.
1: Well, then maybe I'll send you my copy. Oh, there you go.
0: (laughs) Yeah, it'd be a neat game to play. I like idea, though I don't need more dice. You know, I guess, I mean, I already have tons of dice. Not that I'm condoning, like, like yeah, a, no. Making food, like coffee because right?
1: <laughs> you do need you do need to know all the rules of scoring and cards and you need the cards and all that. But I suppose they're printed in the rules, and since you anyway have to reference it, like yeah,
0: so it wouldn't be hard to try it. But wouldn't <laughs> all? But I'm not going to do that.
1: Well, all, all right. right, very cool. And although this was a brief episode, I think that just about covers a review of Twinkle.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes up for our last episode that was almost uh, a double the length. It was more than double this <laughs> one. <laughs>
1: Cool. All righty. Have Thank a good night, everyone. Yep. Bye bye. Thanks for listening. We love feedback, so we love hearing from you. You can reach me at Julius at OnePlayerPodcast.com or JLBird on BGG, and Albert can be reached at Albert at OnePlayerPodcast.com or Fractalude on BGG. Our website is OnePlayerPodcast.com with the number one, and we're also on Twitter at OnePlayerPodcast. The intro music is copyright Angus can be found at Jamendo.com. The transition music is copyright by Dan Elduce pancaldi whose page is at DonPancaldi.com. The One Player Podcast is protected under a Creative Commons share-like license. Thanks for listening. It's still a great game, though. You go shower.